BC needs to step up and join other West Coast cities here in North America to become a port of the future and be ready to fuel ships with LNG. This is part of the message in a column in the Vancouver Sun we saw the other day. The headline was ports along the West Coast are expanding their LNG fueling infrastructure and goes on to talk about the Tilbury Marine Jetty. The co-author of this piece in the Sun is our next guest. He is the president and CEO of the BC Business Council, Greg Devignon on the line. Greg, good morning. Good morning, Sterling. Thanks so much for having me on this morning. It's a pleasure to have you, sir. And on this Thanksgiving weekend, I think we need to take a second, Greg, and talk about the two projects you identify in your column, the Tilbury Marine Jetty and the Tilbury LNG facility. I'm willing to bet a serious amount of money that most people listening on this Thanksgiving weekend have no clue what either one of those two uh, infrastructure items are. Can you tell us more, please, Greg? Sure. There are two projects that are connected in Richmond. The jetty is really just uh, an extension that goes out into the uh, ocean marine environment where vessels can come and be fueled. And the Tilbury LNG project is a small LNG facility that takes natural gas and compresses it so that you can move more of it in a smaller space uh, and ultimately fuel a new class of marine vessels that bring us iPhones, and medicines and all the things that we want here in Canada and British Columbia from Asia and South Asia. Um, And so that they can fuel those vessels and reduce emissions by up to 75%, but also the particulate matter that creates health challenges globally. And so we're Canada's gateway, Sterling, as you know, we're the biggest port in Canada. And we're adjacent to the largest economy in the world, the United States, and the fastest growing economies in the world in Asia and South Asia and the Indo-Pacific. And so we've got this massive opportunity. And it starts with the fact that we're really good at exporting natural resources and energy, particularly natural gas. And in fact, as you cited in the opening, uh, we did a significant amount of work with the government of British Columbia and the federal government, where the things we sell to the world copper from Highland Valley or aluminum from Rio Tinto and Kitimat, but particularly our natural gas, on average, is half the GHG intensity. And mm-hmm. GHGs are what causes climate change. Right. And so why wouldn't we use those uh, inputs? For example, an electric vehicle, if you have a Tesla or a, a new Volkswagen, uh, they take four times more copper than a combustion engine. Why wouldn't we get copper from British Columbia that is – 50% of the carbon intensity rather than get it from another jurisdiction like Australia, which is double the carbon intensity. So if we care about climate change, uh, it's a global issue. We're seeing it obviously with forest fires and higher temperatures this fall. I was in Europe in the summer. It was 114 degrees when I got yeah. off the train one day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it also has impacts in terms of as we saw flooding last year and devastation to food security and crops. So British Columbia, back in the 60s and 70s, fuel switched. Uh, We're now 97% plus hydroelectricity. And most of the rest of the world hasn't done that. It's a very low percentage around clean electricity and clean technology. So in British Columbia, we don't have a lot of low-hanging fruit, but we can be the supplier of the world to reduce others' GHG intensity and emissions by becoming a secure supplier of what they need. LNG is one of those things that can move from coal or in some markets, dung, uh, 
in really unsophisticated economies sure. that are high emittive, high climate causing uh, energy sources and provide a secure, abundant supply at a reasonable cost of LNG, reduce global climate change, uh, and get on it now. We've been planning and setting targets and doing all kinds of things globally. The time now is to act. And these right. two projects are great examples. One, uh, the two projects combined, Sterling, represent almost 5% of BC's target, uh, pardon me, emissions target reductions by 2030. Reductions, right, yeah. So this is private money that wants to meet demand for new vessels coming into British Columbia just by them acting. Forget about who gets credit for the emissions reduction. We're going to take 5% out of BC's total emissions. That's a great thing. It doesn't cost taxpayers. And if you think about the extension of things like sustainable aviation fuels and biofuels, where if you hop on a plane, you're actually reducing emissions because we're not using jet fuel or as much of it. Um, we've got the opportunity in British Columbia because of our natural resource expertise and energy to actually make a material difference globally, create wealth, create jobs, indigenous participation, which these projects have, yep. uh, where we've got equity, and do it in a way that actually helps the rest of the world get to where BC is, create the wealth to drive into new innovations like hydrogen and the infrastructure we need, like electric charging stations and hydro, uh, uh, hydrogen stations to reduce our emissions even further and scale up new technologies. I was at the Technology Innovation Awards last night. Some amazing companies in carbon capture and in uh, using technology to reduce emissions and to store energy through uh, renewable power. Those can't scale up unless there's a customer, and BC needs to create uh, the opportunity to scale those businesses up globally uh, so that they can go out and sell their wares to the rest of the world and reduce emissions even further. Here's something else I learned from your column, Greg. 90% of all goods moved around the world travel by boat, and they use diesel and marine fuels. That's expected, that volume of freight is expected to triple in the next 30 years. So what we're trying to do here on the west coast of North America, BC taking our share and stepping up to the plate, is to replace all of those vessels coming to town, fueling up with either diesel and or marine bunker fuels, replacing that refueling with LNG produced and delivered right here in BC, correct? Absolutely. And we're already doing some of that in British Columbia, Sterling. C-SPAN and others have developed technology along with BC ferries on dual fuels on electric and or LNG propulsion systems. So there's a whole engineering intellectual property side of this. One of the things I'm really excited about, and I've talked to Minister Jolie nationally about, is we've got trade agreements with most of the nations through the Asia-Pacific and Indo-Pacific. What if we created something called ports of the future, airports and marine ports? Now, these ships travel typically in a triangle, so it might be Singapore to Hong Kong to Vancouver, and they're picking up and dropping off along the way, and you see the vessels out in the the port metro Vancouver and also Rufus. So why wouldn't we partner up and use those trade agreements and say, look, let's be ports of the future. Let's partner together to convert quickly to LNG. So we're meeting uh, the change that's happening with marine vessels that are being built that are now these new LNG propulsion systems. But let's partner up on the research at UBC or SFU or BCIT on the next iteration of uh, propulsion systems and new technologies. Let's partner up on the infrastructure around electrification of our ports. Let's partner up on sustainable aviation fuels. You see Harbor Air is developing electric airplanes. 
Yeah, we've uh, talked to them about that. Yeah. Let's think about what we could be doing together. We've got this amazing research talent in British Columbia that we hide under a bushel. Let's go and share it with the world, but actually gain some economic value for my kids that are in their 20s that want to make a difference on climate, but they want to have a high quality of life and address the affordability issues we face. And frankly, governments need the revenue uh, through exports, which help us pay for the kinds of things that we don't produce, like pharmaceuticals and uh, manufactured goods like iPhones and iPods and, and right. all those kinds of things. Going so we need to be more forward-looking, and part of that is trying to uh, basically put ourselves into the position of being a port of the future. That's a good, uh, a good th- something to think about on this long weekend when we have an opportunity to take a moment and look ahead to the future. It's a great article, friends. It's in the Vancouver Sun. Ports along the West Coast are expanding their LNG fueling infrastructure You'll learn more about the Tilbury Marine Jetty, among other things. Greg Davignon, President and CEO of the BC Business Council. Thanks for this this weekend. Happy Thanksgiving, Greg. We appreciate your time today. Well, thank you, and happy Thanksgiving to all your listeners, and uh, appreciate the opportunity, Sterling. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.